Hello, adventuresses, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to women who love horses, travel, and most of all, adventure. My name is Heather, and I will be your host today while we talk about a super cool, exciting endurance race that's happening, like literally right now as I speak to you. I think with the time change, the gun has probably been fired to start the race. Uh, I'm super excited. We're going to talk about the Mongol Derby that's on right now. Um, I interviewed a gal that's out there racing right now, uh, so I can't wait to uh, follow her on uh, on Instagram and see how she's doing. Um, so stay tuned for a really exciting episode. I'm going to go through the ins and outs, what the Mongol Derby is, what they got to do, all the training, what the, even how much they have to weigh. So stay tuned. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts... Uta and Heather. Hey, adventuresses. Since we're talking about the Mongol Derby that's taking place in Mongolia, thought it would be a great time to give a plug for our amazing friends at Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia. So let's head to their commercial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to visit a distant land? Ride across unfenced grassy hills? down long, flower-filled valleys, crossing rivers and mountain passes, making camp in beautiful riverside setting, and watching the horses graze in nearby meadows, all while sipping a glass of wine, or perhaps a cup of tea, just as the sun goes down. And then, do it again tomorrow, and again, for days at a time. Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia, with their easygoing, yet tough, Mongolian horses, each with an unforgettable character, may be just the trip you were looking for to help rebalance in pristine nature with like-minded friends after a long absence of travel. Stone Horse provides a safe, small group environment, taking care of your needs from the moment you arrive to the moment of departure. Their seasoned staff and experienced trip leaders, their own comfortable handmade saddles, and the delicious meals conjured up each night will make for an adventure of a lifetime. With a combined expedition experience of 40 plus years, the owners of Stonehorse know what to provide you to make each trip a memorable experience. Whether traveling with friends or making new ones along the way, you will add to the story of Stonehorse and it will become a part of your own. You can contact Stonehorse through their website at www.stonehorsemongolia.com or email them directly at info at stonehorsemongolia.com to learn more about how you can join them as they travel by horseback through the cultural and wilderness landscapes of this enchanted land. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to talk about the Mongol Derby. How exciting is this? August 10th, is probably happened already in Mongolia. It's still uh, August uh, 8th, 9th here in Canada, but here goes. So the Mongol Derby really is, you know, as it boils down to an equestrian endurance ride. Not like your regular endurance rides that we read about on Facebook where, oh, 
we covered 25 miles today, uh, 50 miles. We're talking, these are serious miles these people are riding. The race is 1,000 kilometers or 620 miles through the Mongolian steeps um, and is known as the world's longest horse race. The, ho the race recreates the horse messenger system developed by Genghis Khan from 1224. Uh, in 2016, in, pardon me, in the 2016 race, there were 21 men and 23 women playing the role of the messengers and representing 13 countries. The exact course changes every year and is kept secret until right before the race begins. The train will in, you know, really cover mountain passes, open valleys, wooded hills, going across rivers, wetlands, floodplains, sandy, semi-dunes, rolling hills, dry beds, the list goes on. Now, it is not cheap to participate in the Mongol Derby. Uh, it is, you know, in and around 15,000 US, give or take. Uh, but, you know, it, uh, it, that entry fee gives the rider access to 25 to 27 Mongolian horses, a support team, pre-race training, access to support stations, and pardon me, and support stations along the way. Riders must change a horse every 40 kilometers, which is 24.9 miles at these support stations. Along the way, there are vet checks to monitor the condition of the horses. Um, and the vets, if you're not following all the rules, uh, the vets may impose time penalties if the riders push their horses too hard along the trail. To gain entry as a competitor, each rider must demonstrate that their riding skills are strong enough to endure the harsh train of the race. The horses themselves are semi-wild. So we're talking semi-feral horses. And they may not always want to do what you want them to do, uh, which definitely adds a little bit more level of difficulty to the race. You're, you you got to be prepared. You're spending 13 to 14 hours a day in the saddle and the race lasts 10 days. You know, to, to just be a part of this race is a huge accomplishment as only half of the racers usually finish the race in any given year. So this year we know there's 46 riders from all over the world participating. Uh, you know, it, the, the Derby is an incredible adventure um, and the race second to none. Um, you know, so if you get a chance, if you Google Mongol Derby uh, on Instagram, you're going to find it and there's lots of great info in there on the, the different riders, a little bit of history on them, where they come from, all of those kind of things. So um, we are very fortunate here at Equestrian Adventuresses. Our, our trusty leader, Crystal Kelly, has participated in this. Uh, we have done, um, uh, we've talked about this Mongol Derby before, but uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to uh, interview Stephanie, who is participating, and I'll include the link uh, from that podcast where she talks about kind of some of the prep work. Uh, and the fundraising and all of that because it is a hefty price tag to uh, enter this race. Um, but so many cool things. So, you know, it, and it isn't like just show up and go on race day. There is uh, a lot of pre-race stuff that goes in into it. Um, you know, you arrive in uh, Ulaanbaatar, 
and I'm probably saying that wrong, so you might want to Google it, but it is the capital city of Mongolia. So you arrive there basically what they refer to as day zero, um, because day one starts your compulsory pre-training uh, events. So, you know, and, and essentially that pre-training consists of um, some classroom sessions where they go over the technical kit, the satellite tracking, the race rules, communication protocols, support systems. Um, and in the afternoon, you travel to the start of the camp on the steep, followed by, uh, you know, a little banquet where you have some uh, delicious food. Day two of training, um, which is your basically your first full day on the steep, is all about meeting the horses. Um, you know, the specific training sessions will include veterinarian briefings, uh, communication protocols, um, and the main event is an afternoon ride where, where you uh, get the chance to hop on one of those uh, semi-wild, semi-feral Mongolian horses that are only in Mongolia. You won't see them outside of, out of there. Um, so then day three, and, and interesting, just to go back to day two, if you're following it all on Instagram, you see lots of them had saddle issues, wipeout issues, all those kind of things. So it is quite interesting. Um, day three is, uh, you know, the final day of the pre-training, uh, which include a medical briefing, race backup systems, uh, information on the navigational ride in full kit, um, using satellite trackers and, uh, GPS. So essentially it is a full dress rehearsal. Now we are going to talk a little bit about the weigh-in because there are specific, uh, specific rules that uh, fall with that. Um, because there is, you are only allowed to maximum weight is 85 kilograms, which um, that also includes all of your gear, what you've got on your body has to be under that 85 kilos. Um, you are allowed five kilos in your kit or your saddlebag. Uh, but from there, you, you know, 85 kilos is, uh, is really not, uh, not that much. For our American friends who work in the imperial system, 85 kilos is about between 185 and 190 pounds. So, so really, um, really not, uh, not, not that much considering when you get your boots and your helmet and your jacket and your layers and, uh, your proper pants and all, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, so essentially what's not included in that, that 85 kilo or the five kilo would be the saddle, bridle, hobbles, your stirrups or fenders. Uh, water is not also included in that. So, um, and you do, so the riders themselves must weigh out on pre-race training day one. Um, and the five kilo of luggage weigh out occurs an hour before the launch. So that, um, that uh, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be organized. Uh, so, in that 85, you've got all of your riding wear. So, uh, you know, helmet, jods, boots, and, and those things, you know, your boots, your pants, and your helmet are non-negotiable. So, you know, you really want to, um, you know, you got to make sure that you're wearing 
light clothing, but because of the elements, it could be, you might need warmth, you might need breathable, um, you know, 13 to 14 hours in the saddle every day that, uh, you know, you want to make sure your pants fit right because you definitely don't want to have chafing uh, because that, that's never, never any good. Um, on our website, equestrianadventuresses.com, you can find a specific packing list for the Mongol Derby if you wanted to check that out. Um, so in your five kilos, what you can have, um, you know, containers that have pockets, um, you're allowed to have bum bags, a camera bag, uh, your technical equipment, your hydration pack, um, all of those things have to be in that five kilo. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, the sportsmanship, the horsemanship of it is, you know, more of a ethos versus than a rule. So the spirit of the Mongol Derby is grounded in old-fashioned adventure along with pushing yourself to the physical and mental limits within the bounds of healthy sportsmanship and obviously ensuring horse welfare. Um, you know, people come from all over the world to participate in this. So, you know, you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing your home country. Um, and, you know, ultimately, if you can finish this ride, whether you come in first or you come in last, if you cross that finish line, that you are a truly a winner. Um, something that I like to talk about is, of course, these amazing, cute little uh, Mongolian horses. So the ones that they that are used in this, so um, you know, they're they're not overly big, which which is good because the fact that they're still a little bit semi-feral, so in a little while, you don't want them too big, so it's easier to get on. So they're between twelve and fourteen hands. Um, definitely not ponies. However, sometimes they have the mindset of a pony, but, um, you know, I, I've read, seen the term there, hardy beasts, um, that, you know, that carried the Mongolian warriors, um, all over the world, you know, really back in, in those Genghis Khan times in the 1200s, uh, you know, they had, they didn't have cars or airplane, you know, everything was done by, uh, by uh, horseback, you know, that I've read that they've also been referred to as the equine gladiators, grass-fueled, air-cooled, saddled and bride, and some are not, are with some serious negotiation. They don't come when you whistle, and they don't essentially appreciate a kiss on the nose or, or, a, or a hug around the neck. Um, you know, the, these horses... You know, the, the saddle and the bridle has been introduced to them, but that's it. So you could get on one that's like, from the moment that your foot hits the second stirrup, they're gone and you're moving. Or to the ones that are like, nope, I don't feel like going. And you might have to get led. So, um, but they will be um, a minimum of five years old. Uh, they will be fit. They will be healthy and they will be tough as nails. Um, you know, horse racing is one of the three iconic sports in the traditional Mongolian uh, nadam um, and is taken very serious, with horses running up to 30 kilometers across the country. Many families involved with the derby graciously lend their finest race horses, though the vast majority of horses you will ride will be ordinary working horses from the state, used for herding and transport. Uh, not every horse will be a celebrated athlete, but uh, they will be carefully selected by our vet team and trained uh, in the run-up to the event. 
So, so that's super cool. So, so the backup sport support that you receive, um, you know, they, they, it's called, you know, the Derby is uh, known as the old school adventure, uh, you know, rider self support as much as possible and navigate their own way between horse stations along the race course of the world's longest horse race. Uh, if something goes wrong, each rider can activate their emergency SOS beacon um, and the operations team will dis dispatch the nearest responders made up of race crew uh, with medics, vets, depending on the situation. There are several teams and up support, backup logistics that enable the network of horse stations across the steep um, to make sure that, that safety is met for, for everybody, for the, for the riders as well as for the horses. You know, highly experienced international vets um, go to this. It uh, so you're seeing the best of the best. Um, top end, you know, medics are there. Um, you know, in in all emergency needs, the Mongolian herders, um, you know, provide hundreds of horses for the for the race. They keep them well fed, uh, watered, um, and they keep them in in you know herded. Keep them so they're not running away. Um, the Utra, and, and it's spelled U-R-T-U-U, -U, families, uh, is a Mongolian name for horse stations. Um, and these are the families who host, um, they provide food, accommodations, and local knowledge. Plus, they sometimes are there to give you a welcome hug if things aren't going, going so great. Um, so, you know, it really is, you know, you're riding between, you know, 25 to 30 horses um, over this 10 days. It really is, uh, it is something, um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you hit these stations and these stops or whatever, there's the family, the local Mongolian people are there to help you. Um, you know, they're there for, you know, to fix your, you know, maybe you need an impromptu attack fix. Um, you know, it, maybe they need, maybe you've got some chaffage and you need an extra, you know, you're getting the baby powder, you're getting the deodorant rubbing it on your legs, all of those kind of things. They're, they're definitely there to help you. The interpreters, because boy, we know in, in Canada, we're, there's not a lot of Mongolian, uh, people. So we're not hearing a lot of that language. So you definitely, um, uh, you, you definitely want to do that. Um, the, it's a custom saddle that you ride in. So the custom saddles uh, are specifically commissioned and designed for the derby to be short enough, lightweight enough, stable enough, and tough enough to last this thousands kilometers. Um, it's designed, its design is perfectly complemented by the saddlebag, which each of everyone will get um, in advance of the race. So you you kind of know what uh, what you're getting going there. Um, the one thing, you know, all your food and drinks are included in this, so you're not having to worry about those kind of things. Um, you know, just so many great things. Um, funny enough, it does make, when I was doing some research on it, it's like insurance is highly recommended. I'm like, yep, you're going to want insurance because if you hurt yourself or those kind of things, um, you definitely want to, uh, want to have insurance. So if you have to go to the hospital, 
Um, some of the pre-training, you know, the, the physical, the mental, the logistical training that has to go in, uh, you know, obviously you don't just decide, oh yeah, I'm going to write a check for $15,000 and go ride a thousand kilometers without some significant physical fitness. Um, you know, if you're riding 10, 11, 12, 14 hours in a day, um, and depending on how your horse, you know, if you have a horse that's just full speed ahead, uh, versus a horse that you're having to really ride and really drive it to get going, uh, your, your physical fitness is definitely going to have to be there. Uh, your cardio, your core strength, your, um, your, your overall upper body strength, even your hopping on, hopping off. Cause these horses, they might not, they may stand for, for one foot, but they might be moving by the time you're swinging your leg over. So you definitely want to have that physical, uh, physical, uh, you know, it's going to be very extre extremely physically demanding. Um, the mental preparation, like just, you know, um, the, ob the, the obstacles that you're going to come across that you're going to have to make split second decisions um, on and, you know, you're, you potentially could be alone as well for, for long periods of time. So, um, you know, being prepared for unknown elements um, and really, you know, your survival, your outdoor skills better be on point because, you know, this is a, this is a true adventure. Uh, no luxury when you're out there on the Mongolian steep. So, you know, you, you better be prepared, uh, to, you know, rough it, uh, you know, live the wild times. Um, and then being able to use all of the tools, right? You need to have, you know, you need to be strong in GPS. You need to be able to read a map, figure out terrain and, and, you know, from those geographical maps that, okay, so there's the trees, there's the river, this, so to, you know, kind of keep an idea of, of which direction you're going and those sort of things. Um, you are supplied a, a personal satellite tracker, so people at home can follow you. And, and there is a quite a funny story uh, that Crystal and her mom shared with us back on um, on a podcast about how Crystal, when she was doing, she actually lost her 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 satellite tracker, and her mom was watching, was following her, and I was like, huh. That tracker hasn't moved for quite a few hours. I hope some... So anyway, in the in the end, the tracker had come off. Crystal was fine. She had, was advancing in the race. Um, but uh, her mom... She gets... You know, someone shows up and is like, um, I have a message from your mom. So it was quite funny. You'll have to go back and have a listen to, uh, to that... Um, to those podcasts. So, you know, a note I found on the the... On the race reads as this: the key factor remains the same, same course, same sort of horses, same amazing Mongolian hospitality to sample along the way. Yet this will be an incredibly unique race for these riders. The weather will throw everything at them. The steep will challenge them, and just like that, the forty-six who ride, forty-six riders who precede them. A a few weeks ago, so there was a, a July ride, will need to call forth all of their preparation and experience to see them cross the finish line. So the, the start of the, you know, so it re continues on. Before the gun fire starts on, no, that's not right. Before the start gun fires uh, on the 10th of August, these riders will have completed three days of pre-race -trace, pre training 
which will encompass everything from handling the Mongolian horses to managing out their tech on the course. They will have been weighed with all of their equipment, no more than 85 or 185 pounds dressed to ride. Photographer photographed <laughs> for posterity, and you will notice if you go on the website, in the beginning, they're very clean. After 10 days of very limited bathing opportunities, they're not going to look the same. They will be briefed and given the opportunity to test their kit and meddle with practice rides while the derby vets and event managers keep a watchful eye. So I'm super excited. Uh, I'm, I'm cheering for, for uh, my, my uh, equestrian adventuress's friend, Stephanie uh, from Ottawa, who now lives in Switzerland. Uh, I'm, I'm cheering for you, but I'm also cheering for all of the other riders. So make sure you, you, you check it out. Um, it's a ride of a lifetime. Um, and as well, if the riding 10,000 or 1,000 kilometers over 10 days isn't for you, um, check out Stonehorse Expedition's website. They have some fantastic rides. Um, it truly would be a ride of a lifetime. So I've hoped you've enjoyed hearing about the Mongol Derby today. I'm super excited to follow all the riders. Um, and I hope everyone has a great day. On behalf of Uta and myself, I do thank you for joining our podcast today. If you like the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you will not miss any new episodes in the future. If you'd like to send us some feedback or suggest a topic for a, a future show, send us an email, message us via Facebook. We would love to, uh, to hear from you. Or even better yet, leave a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And don't forget, check out our website, equestrianadventuresses.com. There you're going to find all of our previous podcasts. You're going to find our resource section. We have an amazing book series. Uh, we even have a little store in there. You can get an Equestrian Adventuresses hoodie or a toque. Um, because our really, at the end of the day, our goal is to provide you with all the information you need to feel safe to go out on your own equestrian adventure. So until next time, adventuresses. Happy trails.